lousy kingdoms. Ever since Kuba took over. And you, Kuba, you're a lousy leader. One thing I cannot stand is naysay. Simon, de-evolve him now. De-evolve. Our old king! You try to get rid of him, but the king is everywhere! You can't get rid of him! See you later, alligator. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. And we are talking about plumbers. We are once again here to talk <laughs> the, about the, video games. The classic <laughs> video game character, plumbers. Plumber man. And dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> this Old is a, plumber man. <laughs> this is week three of the Dark Council's theme month on video games. Um, and you did hear... My new theme song. That's right. So that I got Although that this time. I got only that this then. time. A little irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Well, it should have been chip tune for this one. It should have been chip tune for this <laughs> one. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Bryn should have made two <laughs> <laughs> for one episode. <laughs> for one episode only. <laughs> it takes hours, um, but I like the new one. Um, so hope you're enjoying that. Um, but yeah, so this is uh, this is video game month. We did Monster Hunter, we did Silent Hill, mm-hmm. and now we're doing the classic, one of the first video game movies, right? Yeah, Super Mario Brothers. Um, and you have <laughs> history with it, and I don't. Exactly. So yes. I'm excited to see how your opinions have changed or not changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, uh, what else did you watch this week? Thank you for asking, Bryn. As you and the listener are well aware, last week we did a double feature, which meant I did not get to talk about another movie, so I have a bit of a backlog to get through here. Well, great. That's good for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So first and foremost, I went to see half of the Barbenheimer. I went to go see the Barbie movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just Barbie. Like you should. I did a, a classic half Barbenheimer and I saw only the Barbie movie um, starring Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, and a million other people. Right. Um, everybody's it's, in this movie. It's fucking insane. <laughs> it's full of stars. It really is. It's one of those movies that, like, it becomes kind of funny and fun to just see, like, just how many people are crammed into it. <laughs> um, is there a lot of... Um... Is there a lot of cameos that I don't know about, like from the trailer and stuff? Yes, definitely. There are people who don't, or at least they maybe just like flash in the trailer very briefly. Um, Well, I'm looking at the cast right now and I'm seeing John Cena is in it. I didn't know that. mm -hmm. Uh, Rhea Perlman. Yep. (laughs) I didn't know that. Dua Lipa. Mm -hmm. Weird. I don't know yeah, what she man. looks like. A <laughs> lot, a lot of people in it. A lot of people. All the um, stars. All the stars aligned for this one. I, um, yeah. So we had um, my mother-in-law come and watch Nico and Mo and I went to the Alamo Draft House here in beautiful St. Louis, Missouri, where we saw the Barbie movie. 
And uh, I got to say, folks, I was wrong about the Barbie movie. <laughs> I have been... I, I mean, I feel like I've warmed on it a little bit since it come out came out. But uh, in the beginning, when it first was announced, when it was first being talked about, I definitely was very cold to perhaps even um, actively against the Barbie movie. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Um, it was good ass time at the movies. Um, it's very funny. <laughs> it's a lot funnier than I had anticipated it being. Mm. The The comedy works really well. Um, and now it's one, like the set design is super fun. The costumes are really fun. The performances are great. Ryan Gosling is incredible as uh, usual. As usual. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I was curious about is that it seems to be a movie where the, the Barbie world looks amazing. Mm-hmm. They do a ton of like practical effects, old style, mm-hmm. like stage musical stuff. Yep. Um, and that's cool. But it seems to be a movie about her leaving yes. Barbie Land. And uh-huh. what my fear was is that that part would be fun and the rest of the movie would be not fun. Um, sort of. I wouldn't say that you're entirely wrong about that. However, something that's nice about it is that we return to Barbie Land for the third act. So the first okay. act is in Barbie Land. Second act is in the real world. Third act back in Barbie Land. So we do get a lot of time in Barbie Land. You're not you're not missing it. I guess is what I mean to say. Like, sure, you get enough of it that you're like, all right, we have gotten all the meat off of the bone. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing left. There's no stone unturned in this joke. You know, um, <laughs> so and you that's love, very nice. Right. You love uh, the the fish out of. You love the water, and then the fish goes out of water, and then she goes back, and you get enough of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the 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 fish out of water parts are okay too. There's a lot of fun there with like. I mean, just the actual aesthetic of Barbie and Ken and like what they wear and what they do around real people. That's kind of funny. Um, Sure. I guess my my biggest beef with the movie, and it's not really that big of a beef, to be honest, but my biggest beef with it is that like it really, really wants to have a point and it really (sighs) wants to be saying something. And it does say something. It just like isn't saying anything that's particularly revolutionary (laughs) it's all like it's it's kind of just like stuff that you know i think um jeremy kaplowitz wrote in his letterbox it's the most obama age movie he's ever seen Mm. and i kind of agree with that there's this sort of like there's this sort of like genre of feminism that it represents that is like i wouldn't say it's like gone but it's like fairly out of style at this point it's just like stuff that's been said and been said and been said so like there's kind of just an interesting sort of a like retroness to it. And I also just think that like the movie gets a lot worse when it gets to the point, you know, like sure. when it's just having fun and being silly and, and just being a good time. Like it's a great movie, but every time there's like these moments where it just kind of like grinds to a halt for someone to just be like, and by the way, this is what it's like for women. <laughs> right. And you or were, like, this is what it's like for men or and whatever. This is and cl- a classically a, uh, an anti-feminist podcast. So that's obviously mm-hmm. why we don't like it. That's a big problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anytime I see feminism, I, I curl up in my seat. <laughs> All of my muscles clench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime things get too fucking woke. <laughs> No, it's not even that I like because I mean, like a lot of no, the no. comedy, like a lot of the comedy probes at these points already in much more clever and interesting ways than at the points of the movie where 
they just actually say something, you know, mm. like there's a lot of fun in like, like there's a great sequence where Ken and Barbie are on the beach and Ken is like, I want to play, like he says something like, I want to play guitar at you. Would that be okay? <laughs> and he plays guitar and he starts singing the Matchbox 20 song push. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like, they kind of like move the camera around the beach and you see like all of the Kens are playing push for all of the Barbies. <laughs> and like, that's really funny. And that scene is like, so perfectly like, poking fun at this male tendency like that's really good and then there's these parts where like you know ken will have like a monologue about how like he doesn't know what he is without barbie and barbie's like you need to figure that out and you're like okay enough (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's a great another great joke that they do is that like you know, everybody is a Barbie in Barbie world. So like the Supreme court and the president are also Barbies. And so when she's in the real world, she sees like a Budweiser ad with all these like bikini women. And she's like, Oh look, the Supreme court. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good bit. It's a good, funny movie. That's what I would say about it. It's like 90% of funny movie, 10% a like, all right, we get it. (laughs) Let's get back to the funny parts. (laughs) Sure. And that's, yeah, generally probably fine. Like, there's lots of Disney movies and, you know, sort of more, I don't know, family-friendly movies that do that, kind of have that stumbling block of, like, Mm -hmm. we're making a point, actually, about X. Um, And and it's always like, okay, I knew it from the story. Yeah, I was able to get that. I'm not a child, although I guess this is for children. But it's not really, because there's, like, oh, that's the other thing I kind of had a bit of a problem with, is that, like, the movie is ostensibly a children's movie, even though like, you know, they keep saying like, it's not for kids. It's for adults who played with Barbies and whatever. And like kids can enjoy it, but it's, you know, it's primarily it's family friendly, at, but it's, yeah, it's adult. family friendly, but it's aimed at adults. But my biggest issue, you know, with that part of it is that it's like, there are maybe four parts of it where there's a joke that like makes it so that it's like, this is for adults and not for kids. Hmm. And they're all pretty superfluous. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like, why didn't you just cut those? You know, (laughs) like, why didn't you just cut the part where like, it's like, there's a part where like Ken is like, um, he's like going to be in a contest with the other Ken's like, so he's like beach Ken and like his, um, the joke of it is that like, he's not a lifeguard. He's not a surfer. He's just beach Ken. His thing is beach. <laughs> and they keep like using beach that way where he's like, I'm going to beach, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, but then there's other beach Ken's. And so he's like, I'll beach off with you. I'll beach off with you. We'll beach off all over each other and whatever. And it's like, it's funny, but it's like, I don't know. It's not a funny enough joke that I'm like, what, you know, there's kids that are going to see this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, why did you put that in there? It's not that funny. <laughs> yeah. You almost would rather them just fully be in a, like, a movie about like sexual politics Mm -hmm. and have jokes around those things. And the fact that they don't have gen, do they have genitals in this movie? They make a joke about that as well, but they don't, they don't. Yeah. (laughs) There's a scene where they like, um, like when they're in the real world and Barbie is like, I need to just be around some women. The, The energy out here is so fucking masculine. She's like, I need to be around some women. Let's go to a construction site. And so she goes to a construction site and it's all men. And they're like, Oh baby, like show me the, you know, whatever. And, and she's like, I actually don't have genitals. Neither does he. And they're like, Oh, okay. 
<laughs> so that's all pretty good. It's a good movie. Um, I also watched. Um, so I, I watched the Super Mario Brothers movie, but maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah, as we'll talk we lead about that in. in the in the movie. Um, but I also watched the final seasons of both Succession and the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay, that's a lot of stuff. You watch a lot it of shows. It sort of is. It's. I mean, they're both like pretty easy breezy, like short seasons, easy to get through. And it's also been, you know, three weeks since I've been able to talk about something else. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, final season of Succession. Wait, excellent. I thought you finished Succession. I did, yeah. I watched the last season. Oh, maybe you just told me. Oh, off, maybe I off did. Mic. Maybe I did, yeah. Did I talk about this on the show already? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But anyway, final season, excellent. Very good, very funny show. Very, <laughs> you know, dramatically, um, very, I don't know. It's just a good show. Folks should watch it. That's really all I got to say on that. Great. And then last night I finished The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I have to say, possibly one of my favorite final seasons of a show I've ever seen. Wow, that's high praise. Yeah, it... Um, so you know the premise of the story is it's like like a woman in like the fifties in New York yeah, or something fifties and sixties. She's a stand up comedian, um, so it's kind of about her breaking out of this housewife role that's expected of her, and like kind of dealing with the sexual politics of the day, as well as also dealing in like the stand up comedy of the day and the entertainment industry of the day and whatever. And um, so there's an interesting thing that you kind of consider when, when you're working on a historical piece like this Mm -hmm. where you're like, so in real life we're here, we're in, you know, 2023 and, and you kind of wonder like, what about the rest of time? You know, like there's a, there's a, (laughs) there's maybe a desire to be like, well, maybe we'll like skip a decade and it's midge in the seventies and then midge in the eighties and whatever. And like, those are seasons. Uh, But I kind of appreciate that. So basically the show ends with her big break like all this time she's been working on her career and trying to like get in front of the right people and whatever. And then the last episode, the last thing that happens basically is she gets on this late night show and just like kills. And then that's kind of the off to the races moment. Right. Right. And then that's the end of the show. But in order to kind of like give the viewer the, um, damn, my fucking, (laughs) my fucking camera went again. I know. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. Anyway. Um, so in order to give the viewer that that thing that they want, the you know, the rest of the life of of Mrs. Maisel throughout this last season, they will like open episodes with like a different time period in her life. So you see her a little bit older in like the 70s and she's like auctioning off all of her outfits for charity or something like that. <laughs> and uh-huh. it's just like a like a 2020 piece about her. Yeah. And then there'll be one where it's like her daughter in the future going to therapy, talking about like growing up with a mom who's a stand-up comedian. And like, um, we like see that her ex-husband is in prison and we find out this whole story about him. Um, it's, it's just a very interesting way to do a final season. I'm just like, let's tell the rest of her life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like all of these characters who are kind of around her, like they all get the same treatment essentially. Like, mm-hmm. You know, because you're obviously like Maisel is the main character. So there's this interesting, you know, like all these people in her orbit, you kind of get the same exact, you know, like what happens to them in 10, 20, 30 years, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, really, really good. 
really fun last season. It it kind of like maintains the the level of comedy that it's always had. Um and a very touching little ending where it's like the it's like 2005 uh, is the last scene and it's her and her manager and uh, they're both old, old, old women mm-hmm. uh, and they just watch Jeopardy together and just talk <laughs> on the phone. And that's it. And that's it. That's the last scene. Yeah, that you got that. That's very similar uh, sort of to the way Six Feet Under ends, mm-hmm. except Six Feet Under is like been building up to it for like six seasons Mm -hmm. um but i really i do really think that's that sounds really interesting i'm very uh susceptible to that kind of thing um i would like to watch that that makes me want to watch the show (laughs) it's a good show um and it's pretty easy breezy um short seasons they're always funny and you know a good time um you can definitely look at your phone while you're watching um you're not gonna miss too much (laughs) that's that's funny that that's that that's um that is a talking point that you're like you don't have to look at it (laughs) well no it's like i mean it's it's in terms of like just like the the barrier for entry with a show like succession for example is like succession is a show that if you if you zone out a little bit you're gonna be like missing stuff and you're gonna be like oh what's going on with this guy what is this thing that's happening this is very nice because it's it's pretty accessible and pretty easy. Um, also, Tony Shalhoub plays her father, and he is an absolute fucking national treasure. Yeah, I He's love Tony so Shalhoub. so good, and he has an incredible monologue in the second to last episode where he's out to dinner with some friends. There's this whole like subplot with him where like so he's like a a genius scientist, and his son is a genius scientist, and uh, Midge has two kids, and he has this whole thing where he's like the firstborn boy of the Maisel or of uh, whatever his last name is, uh, you know, the firstborn child of each of these families, um, you know, they, um, they, they are geniuses, the firstborn boys. Uh, and okay. so he's putting all this pressure on her son and her son is just an idiot. And so <laughs> it's this like, it's this funny thing where he's like, no, but he's the firstborn boy. He's supposed to be a genius, you know? Um, and, and and just putting all this pressure on him and he's just like not having it. And then he realizes that um, Midge's daughter is a genius mm. and he has this like just uh, realization and sort of like it sends him into like a depression almost. And he's out to dinner with some friends and he's just has this really long monologue about like how he you know, he's always put this pressure on the boys and, and put the pressure on his son and puts the pressure on his grandson. And he's like, and I never really like think about women and like, that's, <laughs> and that's bad. You know, he's like, that's a bad thing that that's we do. not good. <laughs> and he's like, I never think about them. And he starts talking about Midge and he's like, she's like incredible. She's doing so many insane, beautiful, you know, impressive things with her life right now you know, and, and I never even acknowledge it. And I never even think about how hard that must've been for her to do. And like, he just like, he's just like looking down into his plate and his friends are just all just like, so uh, are we going to like order wine or something? (laughs) And he's just like, he's like, you know, she's so much stronger than I ever was. Where did she get it from? (laughs) And it's like this really great monologue. that's really well delivered. And then it just like cuts away from it and goes back to silliness. (laughs) Um, that's yeah, awesome. So good show. Tony Shalhoub rocks. Um, recommend it to everybody. Nice. 
What did you watch? What did I watch? Hmm. What did I watch? So, uh, <laughs> what I watched this week was uh, Winning Time. Winning Time's back. Yes, it is. I watched um, the first episode. I haven't watched the second one yet. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, uh, what, we, we shouldn't talk about it too much because we'll probably, I don't know, we always talk a lot about these. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, there's only seven episodes um, this time, which I find strange. Yeah, I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to get rid of it. You think they didn't give him enough money? I think they didn't give him enough money, and I think they're actively like. I keep. I think I saw on Twitter like one of the writers or creators or whatever is like, "Please watch the show. <laughs> they want to get rid of it." <laughs> oh, well, so they want to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like that's dangerous for this show because the show wants to take its time, mm-hmm. but this is like four basketball seasons into one season. Interesting. Um, and I was a little worried about this show because um, I there was like a Rolling Stone article before the dang, before it even dropped, like before the episode even dropped, that was like, Winning Time Season 2 is an air ball. Mm. um and just was like really shitting on it just like it sucks like basically (laughs) like basically being really like really aggressive towards how bad they thought it was it's kind of a bummer that like you're kind of opening yourself up to that by making a sports show that like you're giving everybody like the perfect metaphor to use for their stupid little article titles (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't even think about that every every single one of them it's like this show about baseball is a strikeout yeah right exactly you can say home run <laughs> you or can say home you can run if say, it's good yeah it's uh, a slam dunk <laughs> um but this i, I was I, I actually read the article and i was like oh this person hates winning time like they mm-hmm. think it's stupid even in the first season right and they just like were like why does it like change aspect ratios and film quality all the time stupid why is stupid. it why is it fun why is it like do they why really they say talking? why does it change film yes ridiculous i know but ridiculous they that's one of the coolest parts <laughs> it's supposed to be like a documentary like it's like referencing what like different stock footage would look like um they're like doesn't even have any reason to do that it's like this person because hates, it's fun. This person hates fun. What is that? The Quentin Tarantino clip where the woman is like, "Why do you have so much violence in your movies and whatever?" He's like, "Because it's so much fun." Because it's Jan. so much fucking fun, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it. <laughs> yeah, um, I couldn't believe. Like after watching the first two episodes of Winning Time, I couldn't believe that they let this person, Alan Seppenwall, you <laughs> hack. You hack. Uh, um no the show's very good the show is continually very good the second season is great the first the 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 first and second episode are just as good if not better this one has more focus um i i don't know if you agree with this just from the first episode but there was like little parts of season one where it's like especially when they would go with like magic's girlfriends and stuff that were like a mm-hmm. little bit like all right we well, have to like not pay attention as much to this part um this like f- is very snappy all of the characters are really like embracing who they are and figuring out all of the co- little conflicts i think 
if there is one criticism I have so far is that some of the writing has been a little bit, um, a little bit worse just in Mm -hmm. like certain places. I'm trying to remember there was like one like speech someone gave. I was like, that was a bad scene. I was just like, that scene didn't work at all. It was very like overwrought. Mm -hmm. Um, but mostly like, especially visually and, uh, and in terms of, of like moving the story, I think they're doing a great job. I think it's a f- one of the funnest shows on TV still. Yeah, Did I mean, you I like definitely, the first I, season? I liked the first, first episode. episode. Yeah, um, but I definitely, I definitely found it a little bit like a little bit draggier, I guess, mm. um, than last season. Last season, it felt like every episode just like fucking flew by, and every time I was like, ah. Oh, Give me another hour, you fucking losers. <laughs> why are you so holding this from kind me? Of, yeah, why are you keeping it away from me? <laughs> You're stepping on my doses. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, feel that way about this one. I think the first episode, I, I get that it was, a, I can see how you would see it was a little draggy. Uh, mm. I think the second episode is fantastic. Yeah, it's called. Well, Magic I'm looking forward back. to watching it. I'll probably watch it the moment we finish recording. Wonderful. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a good time. Uh, the other thing I watched this week was um, the HBO docu series Shack. Okay. More basketball stuff. Uh huh. Um, this is sort of a thirty for thirty, but with like an HBO sheen on it. Okay. It's gonna be funny when I continue calling it HBO for the rest of my life, and people don't even know what I'm talking about. Is it actually a Max original? It's a Max original. Because the TV sh- the TV channel is still called HBO, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. They didn't I- abolish HBO. They just like turned the streaming service into Max. So it is, is HBO Max. Which is equally stupid. It's but- still just HBO Max then. They're just uh-huh. like, it's Max from HBO now. Whatever. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a dumb branding move. Whatever. Point is, is that it's a four episode mini series. Um, that's just about Shaq's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of liked, it has this like F is for fake, <laughs> like kind of, um, sheen on it. Uh, the, it, it opens with like this VHS quality, like, um, disclaimer. And it's like, this is a true story with mm-hmm. like Shaq talking over it. And he's like, everyone knows I'm a bullshitter. <laughs> <laughs> And he just like, he's like, yeah, I like to embellish stories. Like, uh, and then it's like, this is a true story according to Shaq. So, you know, <laughs> okay. Um, and it kind of like doesn't apologize that maybe not all of it is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I how mean, are they doing the, how are they doing the, like, how are they telling the story like in, in an embellished way in a documentary? Well, that's the thing is that like some of it is just like people say stuff and then they like don't have footage of it. <laughs> mm. And so they'll like kind of just like have like question marks on screen and, <laughs> stuff, <laughs> and just <laughs> uh, let stuff happen and like do little animations of like maybe this happened. We don't mm-hmm. like it. They don't actually lean that close into it. Um, but there is like every once in a while they just like they kind of have this thing like Shaq is someone who likes to tell big stories. He's kind of a taller than life or bigger than life, like fairy tale of a guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're not going to try and make it more than that. Like, this is just like what we can get out of these people. And that's why it's fun. And that's like sort of what's cool about Shaq 
is that he like kind of knew he was marketing himself even as a teenager as like, Oh, I have to work on like talking. Cause he had like a stutter in high school. Right. And according to him, <laughs> well, and he's always kind of had like a weird sort of a, like, uh, I don't know. He's, he's got sort of a slowishness to him, I guess I would say like his voice has always kind of come off. Like he might be a bit of a dummy. And then it's right, like kind well, of fun to hear him talk. Cause you're like, Oh my God, this guy's like, so charming <laughs> but he just talks he just has a dumb yeah, guy voice he's like a giant yeah. yeah uh well that's that's a big part of the first episode where he is shaquille and he is like he was six he was six foot when he was 10 years old jesus christ and he was six like he grew basically an inch every year uh-huh. um until he was like 20 jesus I mean, so he he's seven one and he he was just like he had to go to a new school and people would pick on him trying to, <laughs> he had to like, go to a new school that was bigger <laughs> <laughs> they, they had to, to build a, a big school, school yeah <laughs> for big guys no like but like a, like you know high school kids who were like would be like hey what what's your deal and mm-hmm. he'd be like i'm 10 and they'd be like what are you some kind of retard and he was like uh fuck you i'll just kill you and he would mm-hmm. just like be like his his was like i will be a class clown unless you try to fuck with me and then i'll just beat you up mm-hmm. and so that was like a big part of his life like trying to learn how to not like control his temper and stuff and but then realizing that like he had to be outspoken because so people didn't assume a bunch of stuff about him um so he had to be like funny and charming and right. he kind of had to like teach himself how to do that um it's a really interesting little thing. It's uh it's it, it basically just feels like a 30 for 30, like the Dennis Rodman 30 for 30. Did you watch that one? No, but I remember you talking about it. That one was also great. This one has a little more production value, but it's mostly just like people talking to the camera and then like archival footage. Mm-hmm. Um like most of them. Um so I don't know if ESPN is still doing 30 for 30s, but this one just feels like another one that's really good. Um nice. but this one for me is like this Shaq was like the guy when I was really into basketball. Yes. Like in 1993 was when like the height of my basketball, uh, like fandom. And then like in 2000, when he moves to, uh, or 1999, he moves to the Lakers and I like went and saw them at the Staples center. Mm -hmm. And so this was like peak basketball fandom for me. So, uh, it's fun to watch. Um, yeah, I had a good time. I'm having a good time with it. I still have two more episodes. Um, so yeah, that's what I watch. Hell yeah. Let's get into our feature presentation. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> this friend- week we watched the Super Mario Brothers movie, no, of course, we watched- from 1990. Sorry, Super Mario Brothers colon the movie from 1993. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, directed that's by Rocky Morton. With the Super Mario Brothers movie from 2023. Right. This is 20 years before, wait, 30 years? 30 years 30 before. 30 years before that. They made another one, if you weren't aware. Uh, directed by Rocky Morton, Annabelle Jenkel, a husband and wife directing team who created Max Headroom. Which I'm oh, a big, interesting. Which I'm a big fan of. Um, and that's why it's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they, they gave these weirdos a fucking movie for some reason. 
and an absolute blank check with their IP, which sort of, I mean, Nintendo did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, which is also amazing. Yes. Um, and I, I think it kind of like, it, it, it harkens back to kind of an era where like maybe IP wasn't so closely guarded and also maybe explains a little bit why Nintendo is so tight with their IP now. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, I this movie was not a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was kind of a box office bomb. It made thirty eight million on forty eight million, um, so lost money. And you don't want to do that, especially you don't do that, <laughs> especially on a popular uh, <laughs> property. Um, that the movie was a disaster. Uh, the production of the movie was a disaster. Everybody involved said it was terrible. Uh, like, it's funny if you read the Wikipedia on this, which I read all of because it's fascinating. <laughs> um, the producers weren't happy with it. The directors weren't happy with it because the producers changed the script because, like, Disney got involved at a certain point and the producers were like, well, we have to make it family friendly. And then mm-hmm. they completely tried to rewrite an adult movie's script. Um, so the movie feels that way because the directors were like, what the fuck? And then the actors were mad at the directors because they were like, they don't know what they want. Cause they weren't like privy to all of this stuff. They almost got kicked off the film. Uh, it's honestly a shocking that it exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the very last, uh, quote in the legacy section of, of, uh, Wikipedia is Miyamoto, Shigeru Miyamoto, who says, in the end, it was a very fun project that they put a lot of effort into. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that I still have some regrets about is that the movie may have tried to get a little too close to what the Mario Brothers video games were, and in that sense, it became a movie that was about a video game rather than being an entertaining movie in and of itself. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the most, like, clear-headed thing in the whole, like, Wikipedia. So it's like the Miyamoto, the guy who was like, oh, you want to make a Mario movie? Sure, have fun. <laughs> Don't tell me about it. Is like <laughs> had, <laughs> had the most like realistic understanding of what happened. Um, so yeah, what's your history with this movie? Because I'd never seen it. You'd never seen it. I um, I've seen it a few times, um, probably a lot actually, um, because this was a favorite of mine when I was a kid. Um, as far back as I can, I mean, this is like, so 93 is when this comes out. Yeah. So I'm five years old when this came out. So like my brother was nine. Um, we had super Mario brothers on the NES. Um, that was like the only video game we had for a really long time. And my brother loved this movie. And so literally as far back as I can remember movies, period, uh, mm. I've known of and enjoyed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. This, so is, this like is like an er, like one of the earliest. Yeah, one of the earliest memories of a movie is the <laughs> Super Mario Brothers movie. You um, watching this movie and being like, movies are crazy. Movies rock. Dude. <laughs> well, I do think it's kind of influenced a lot of how I see like the idea of adapting something, um, and the idea specifically of adapting like video games and cartoons and stuff where it's like, 
you kind of have this weird valley between the source material and what you're able to create in real life, right? Right. Because this predates, you know, computer animated film, whatever. Like, you can't really, like, make the cartoon movie that exists today. And, oh, like, nobody oh, wants yeah, to yeah. see a <laughs> Nobody wants to see a 2D animated, you know, Super Mario Brothers cartoon movie because that's just the Super Mario Bros. Super Show show, you know? Like, that's just, like... Right, which that That, that sucks. <laughs> and, and it's also for babies, and it's also, like, if you're going to do that, it would be a made-for-TV movie, which, for all I fucking know, exists, you know? But, like, if you're making a Probably. feature-length, you know, theater movie, like a, you know, movies, popcorn movies sort of movie... <laughs> <laughs> movies, popcorn. <laughs> um, you know, you've got to do something with it, and you've got to, like... You know, you've got to try to figure out, like, what would this be like if it really existed, you know? And so, I don't know. I've always thought of it as being kind of, like, weird and odd and definitely not the best movie in the world or anything. But it's it has kind of, like, a nice um, creativity to it. And there's a nice sort of attempt to take a swing at it and and do something interesting with what you have absolutely so so the movie is uh it's it's basically and i'm sure you wanted to mention this uh the super mario brothers movie from 2023 uh has almost the exact same plot Mm -hmm. uh quote unquote plot uh, some some of the weirder stuff in this movie is like vestigial to the more adult movie they were clearly trying to make um, that got re-edited. They were locked out of the editing room, by the way. Um, Interesting. One of the saddest <laughs> things I always hear well, that sometimes happens to directors. But they clearly wanted to cut a movie for kids. Um, so there's all these like boing sounds <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's no jokes really in the movie like that like made it. Um, there's sort of just like goofiness that kind of happens. Um, it's, it's sort of odd, but the, the basic premise of the movie is that Mar and Luigi are Brooklyn plumbers in real, in the real world. And (laughs) in the alternate dimension that was created by the meteorite that killed the dinosaurs, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they actually weren't killed. They no. got sent to another dimension where that's they like evolved alternate Earth. Also into humans. Mm-hmm. So this is so this is the thing, is that the basic premise is that they go to the Mushroom Kingdom, they 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 get sucked into the Mushroom ki- Kingdom on accident, just like in the twenty twenty three movie. Um, and then there's like some sort of war going on. They have to save the princess from Bowser. And then mm-hmm. they do that. That like the basic overlying like mechanical parts of it are very similar. And yeah. I was watching this movie. I was like, wow, they just basically made the same movie again, but with like mm-hmm. all the right, like quote unquote, correct, um, like visuals uh, and tone, I guess, for right. the 2023 movie. Um so that's really all that happens is that it, there's a MacGuffin where there's too many moving parts in this one where there's an evolution subplot where what Bowser actually wants is to get a stone that Daisy has who was like left on the steps of a church in mm. the regular world, uh, the not Mushroom Kingdom world 
as a baby, but she's actually a reptile evolved into a human. And then she has a stone that he needs to like merge the worlds so that he can take over and kill all the monkey evolved people (laughs) and only have reptile evolved people. That part is crazy. Like it's insane that that's in the movie (laughs) Um, and is kind of the main thrust of what he wants. Um, and the directors like felt bad for him because he just didn't seem to understand what was going on in the plot at all. Uh, <laughs> and he does. He seems so confused. Like his he's trying to do Dennis Hopper stuff, but it like he just doesn't even know what he's saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you follow the basic plot, the weirdest decision, and I get it if it was an adult movie that was more the Beetlejuice like max headroom sort of thing that they were trying to do is that the mushroom kingdom is like covered in mushrooms and is like being eaten by mush like fungus Mm -hmm. um which is actually the fungus is actually the king yeah (laughs) the king got turned he got de-evolved into a fungus that is now spreading over the mushroom kingdom and he himself is this like disgusting goo ball that like floats down onto a throne incredible um fucking incredible he looks like i mean it looks like the eye of that garbage snake in a new star wars yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) that's what i was thinking uh definitely a lot of like cool practical i guess they were it was all made out of like um melted uh oh they say it in the in the wikipedia uh fishing lures Mm. um and so it's all this like gooey weird shit um probably not safe (laughs) uh this movie is responsible for microplastics Uh, (laughs) but um yeah so that is basically what happens there's a lot of like john leguizamo like doing dumb movie like humana humana shit over daisy Mm -hmm. um that for me really is nails on a chalkboard stuff sure um daisy gets to be a character though like she's a person she Mm -hmm. like sits out the first half of the movie but then when she shows up she's like you know one of the one of the team um and that's all nice um they do end up like loving each other but she has to like stay because after they beat koopa um they uh she's like i gotta stay this is my world i gotta like help figure it out and then it's sort of like implied that they can like cross later and hang out or whatever mm-hmm. mario and luigi go back to their uh, all, the current regular brooklyn and um are successful heroes of saving the city from the weird thing that was going to happen <laughs> <laughs> that only really happened sort of for a second just long enough to kill this mafia plumber <laughs> which which is what happens in the new movie too and is also uh-huh. stupid um <laughs> And I got to say, my takeaway from this movie is that uh, this movie did it better than the new one. Mm-hmm. Like, Definitely. The, the movie, let, let, let me preface this, because I'm going to recommend this, um, <laughs> but I'm going to preface that recommendation is that it's not good. Like, it's way too long. It feels, I mean, it, it's only, it's only like 144 minutes, or it's only- uh, 104 it's night it's an hour and 44 minutes right yeah uh-huh. um which is just it feels there's so much stuff that happens that just does not need to happen and i think some of the more adventure stuff isn't interesting enough to like go as long as it does it just yeah. has this like 
like bloated feeling. Like I paused the movie. Um, I think when they're like driving a car and they're the, they're finally in the the overalls. You know, they're finally in the Mario and Luigi costumes. Mm-hmm. And I paused it to go to bed, and I watched it the next day. Uh, and there was half an hour long, like uh-huh. left, and I was like, "They're about to save the prisons, princess. How can this be another half an hour?" Um, it it just feels like it's not paced very well. Um, a lot of the dialogue is throwaway and and very boring, and a lot of the acting is very nineties. Um, Fisher Stevens and the other dumb guy like have Richard weight. Edson, yeah. the original drummer of Sonic Youth. Oh my God, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's right. Yeah, one of the Italian uh, aliens <laughs> is the original drummer of Sonic Youth. Yeah, that's insane. Um, uh, but he, him, and Fisher Stevens uh, just like get way too much screen time to like jabber yeah. jaw at each other and like be dumb, and then they get smart, and then they do that dumb '90s version of smart where they just say dumb shit, but with yeah, like, like magnilo- yeah, with <laughs> magniloquent language. Um, very embarrassing. Uh, there's a lot of bad stuff in the movie, but I did want to talk about how good some of the good stuff is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, uh, most everything else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The movie looks incredible. Yes. It looks fucking awesome. The world building stuff is so cool. Like, even if it's like a weird bloated, doesn't need to be in the movie thing, the fungus and like just the kind of like way that the fungus works, the way that like throughout the movie, it's like trying to, it starts helping them and Luigi notices, but he's like, but that's, that's weird that can't be right Um, (laughs) well mario is like what are you talking about that's stupid that's stupid shut up (laughs) because luigi is like a dumb guy who believes in his like setup is that he's like a world weekly news kind of guy who's just like did you know that the bat boy exists or whatever yeah yeah yeah. and mario's like shut up i'm your dad brother (laughs) um but yeah, Luigi is just like, I think the fungus is trying to help us. And they're like, no, that's not right. And then it turns <laughs> out it is. Um, and that stuff is awesome. Yeah. Like the fungus. And it, it's funny because like it, it literally took me until Dennis Hopper says your stupid mushroom kingdom. I was like, oh, <laughs> It's mushrooms. That's why it's the mushroom kingdom. And it's like dripping with fungus. And it's like, this is the thing. It's like Max Headroom is amazing. I don't know if you know anything about Max Headroom. I only know about like the Max Headroom prank thing. Oh, no, no, no. Like the actual show, Mm -hmm. Max Headroom, is like this inventive Mm -hmm. and and, like visually stunning. Um, But is like well written and good <laughs> um sort of i mean it's it's uh it's wild and has a lot of really cool ideas and is funny um and so it makes a lot of sense to give them this property yeah um and i think they you can see the kind of genius stuff they would have done with it um and I think it's cool to like, when I was a kid, 
I looked at the trailer for this movie and I was just like, this isn't Mario. Mm-hmm. And I, I had like a very like childish, like this is weird and creepy and you know, not cool. And mm-hmm. I didn't, wasn't interested in seeing this movie. Um, for whatever reason, it just like did not, it looked bad to me. Right. Um, and uh, as an adult though, like the idea of taking this surreal property that doesn't make any sense anyway. Um, cause, cause at the time it's just the, the latest game is super Mario world. Right. Um, which is still, they don't, they're not making any, Nintendo is not making any apologies to, you know, try to make it make sense. They just adding more insane shit on it. They're like, Oh yeah. Now there's, uh, <laughs> now there's, uh, what do they have flying ships and mm-hmm. bullets bills now um you can turn into a raccoon whatever you know like they're just like right. it does they're all mechanics and they don't care about if it like really functions as like a story they just like think it shall look cutesy and have a sort of similar vibe right. and so to, to the the idea to be like okay well if we're making a movie what would make sense like we have to have dinosaurs we have to have mushrooms we have to have all this insane shit so let's just make insane shit and like sort of stitch it together and talk about i don't know evolution and climate change and like (laughs) let's put this all this in and talk about what we want to talk about right it's it's kind of like the difference between this and the new movie is like the new movie they go into the mushroom kingdom and it's the mushroom kingdom. And it's in this, from the games. They, they go into the mushroom kingdom and it's like, it's, it, it's, it's just a world where all of this stuff exists. And yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain, but it's like, it's trying to add logic to how all these things exist together rather than just being like, they exist together because it's Mario. Right. And by adding logic to it makes it surreal, even more surreal mm-hmm. because the thing about, mario 2023 is that it um it's just the games right and my big criticism and we i I talked about it on the show um my big criticism of the movie was that it just feels like a cutscene for a game i can't play Mm -hmm. and i don't care i skip the cutscenes. right (laughs) like when i play mario odyssey i'm not like ooh, i gotta know what bowser wants to do or who this hat guy is or whatever. I mean, shit, dude, like, I'm skipping the cutscenes in Zelda. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, you can't get to get the cutscenes in Zelda. The Tears of the Kingdom Zelda cutscenes are incredible. No, no interest. Don't care. Fair. But <laughs> yeah, no, but the, 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 the fun about Mario is that it's a game that you can play that feels great to play. Right. Um, the language of games is the mechanics, not a movie that I don't want to see. Um, and I, I know I'm basically, I feel like we're kind of wrong about this in a certain way because Mario movie made a bazillion dollars. Yeah. Obviously people want that and not this, like the numbers (laughs) don't lie, (laughs) but like, it's just like, there's, there's just such a charm to the way that this movie, like really, cause there's nothing before it, you know, there, this is it. Like these guys are kind of like off in a new frontier where they're like, we have this video game that like nobody even considers art yet. You know, nobody even considers this to be anything more than like, it's the equivalent of like making a Bop It movie, you know, like this is just, yeah. there's nothing here. There's nothing here. This is a toy that we're just trying to like make some sense out of and make into something. So 
there's there's just a real charm to the way that they try to like put these things together and make it something worthy of watching and worthy of of you know the the weight that going to a movie you know back then at least like meant you know and and I don't know. I, I find it deeply charming still. It's not a good movie, but I do definitely find it charming. No, I, fully, I love like I fully agree. I mean, I think that the, the, the and it's not even just charming, like the visuals are stunning. Mm-hmm. And and I think the there's a, there's sort of a reevaluation of this movie that's happened in the past couple of years or that I've noticed. Um, as a matter of fact, um, this movie is re-releasing in Japan this year for its 30th anniversary because there's enough of a cult following for this movie that they're like, yeah, people will go see it. Yeah. Um, and the thing about it is that like it's visual effects were groundbreaking and in so inventive at the time that according to, um, uh, did you ever watch, watch that YouTube channel corridor crew? No. It's like uh, I know the one though. They're the special effects guys. They're the special effects guys. Um, I'm sure there's others, but they're one of the big ones. And uh, they basically did a ep- whole episode on this movie and how they were basically inventing like dozens of techniques in for this movie mm-hmm. that are basically in- industry standard now. Um, it's a really fascinating episode. But this movie has like 700 like CGI shots, which is like the most for <laughs> the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to like invent the disintegration effect that uh, they had to invent the, the whole scene where Mario like flies through like the ether to go into the other dimension. Yeah. Like incredible looking. Also at the end um, when they like... Um, Aunt Petunia is trying to uh, open the portal or whatever that like the way the like stone is like glowing and like sparking and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is, looks amazing. Like, yeah, I, this was a movie while it was bad to watch <laughs> uh, <laughs> bad to like have to like listen to, I guess is more appropriate. Um, I didn't even want to look at my phone because like every shot is so interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think you kind of have to have a taste for this. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of maybe younger people who would like put this on and be like, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know though. Cause I kind of think that there's like, you know, now that we live in the world that we live in where every, you know, where like they're terrified, you know, uh, making like the Mortal Kombat movie, like you can tell that people are just like hand wringingly, like how can we make Sub-Zero look, you know, interesting and unique, but he still has to look exactly like Sub-Zero. You know, people are going to be mad if he doesn't look enough like Sub-Zero. Like there's something so interesting in, in living in this world now. And then going back to seeing this where they're just like, Yoshi's a fucking dinosaur. And that's <laughs> He's a it. literal dinosaur. <laughs> He's a literal dinosaur. He, he looks nothing talk. like Yoshi. He doesn't <laughs> He's make cute. the noise. He's actually gross. <laughs> 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 He's wet and like slimy and he's got sharp teeth and he'll fuck you up. 
Did you think the Goombas were going to be cute mushrooms? They're not. <laughs> They're not, actually. They're weird lizard people with really wide mouths and tiny heads. <laughs> <laughs> because they were humans who got their heads shrunk into dinosaur heads. Yeah, this is actually a de-evolved. punishment. <laughs> Being a Goomba is eternal punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do think that one Goomba is really cute. Who, Toad? Yeah, Toad. Um, yeah, by the way, Toad's not cute. Toad is hideous. Well, Toad is also just a guy who uh-huh. sings a, who sings protest songs <laughs> and then gets turned into a Goomba for his punishment. Uh, and that makes him an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love when he that tries scene, to- though, when, um, when Dennis Hopper is uh, interacting with him for the first time. And he like comes out and he's just like, like the, the Goomba is just like, ah. Uh, he's just like Goomba and he's like "Ah," getting really excited (laughs) I felt so bad when when the toad tries to bring her steamed vegetables (laughs) and he's like vegetables That was so sad. And he catches on fire, and then she they put him out, and then they just run, and that's the last you see of him. Yeah, was so I, sad. So there's a lot of like aesthetic stuff that I really appreciate in this, like in terms of world building, y sort of stuff that like doesn't need to be in there because it's not from Super Mario Brothers. Like I love that all the cars are electrified, like they're trams. Like they all yeah. have like the 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 overhead electrical for like a catenary. Like that is so cool, and like not necessary no it's just kind of like a fun idea they had where they were like so this is dinosaur world they won't have access to fossil fuels you know right. like what what are they doing <laughs> <laughs> everything has to be electric uh no the, there's a ton of like great ideas in this that are visually heavily explored that's what's so crazy about this movie is that like you see all of the genius stuff that they had planned. Yeah. And then they had, they were forced. So, so like I said, to be clear, what happened was they were, they were doing this movie for a long time. There was tons of rewrites. They finally got a script that they were very happy with. And then I believe three weeks before they were set to film, they brought in like Disney writers to redo the entire script Mm-hmm. Um, and the new script didn't like even make sense for the sets they had. <laughs> so they were like, they were basically going to leave the movie, but they felt bad because they were like, nobody knows what to do now. Right. And the actors, they felt like they owed it to like the cast and crew to like, just see the movie through. So they were basically forced to do a script that they, that didn't make any sense. Um, and had none of the like only vestigial elements of the ideas they had put into it. So that's why it feels insanely disjointed and hard to watch. Um, but also the, the, their writers were like sneaking onto set (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. rewriting parts as they were shooting them. Um, so there is little flashes of what they were trying to do. Um, which is fascinating. It's like a punk rock little movie that they were like trying to make against the will of everyone who wanted it made. Yeah. Um, and so like most punk rock, it has a lot of flaws. Um, but the cool stuff in it, like you were saying, just like little like ideas taken to their logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. 
and you're just like, oh, why? Because if you just take it at face value and you don't think about it, nothing makes any sense um, because it's not explained. But like you said, like they wouldn't have oil because they're a they're dinosaurs that survived. So there is no oil in the world. So how do things work? And then they just like had all of their creative teams like make that up. And there's all kinds of interesting ideas in there, but it's all visual. Um, so really fascinating. You don't usually see a movie like that where there's just like cool ideas that are just completely visual ideas. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a weird one. It's a weird one. It's it, maybe the only instance I can think of of um I guess what I would call like like whoppy sci-fi. Like I love that like I <laughs> you love mean that, Italian? Yeah, like everything is like cuz the you know cuz Mario and Luigi are Italian and so they're like why isn't everybody Italian? So yeah. like, so like Koopa, it looks like a fucking, like he just looks like a grease ball. His two little henchmen are wearing like big gold chains and turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's Italian. Everyone's Italian. Everyone's really whoppy. Luigi's wearing a fucking <laughs> Cornicello necklace and a Malocchio t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John Leguizamo said like, uh, uh, Italians have been playing uh, Hispanic people for decades, so now it's our turn. <laughs> yeah, now it's our turn. Although it turns out he is also Italian. What? <laughs> yeah, he did one of those. I looked it up. Um, he did one of those like uh, Twenty Three and Me or whatever. Yeah, but the TV show that they did, where like Ben Affleck finds out he's a, he his family were slave owners and stuff. His they were like, <laughs> guess what? You're actually Italian. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um, he was raised he was born in Colombia. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's hella Latin. Yeah. Um and Bob Hoskins, what the fuck, man? He's British. That's crazy. Oh yeah. That will never stop amazing me. <laughs> he's a British guy. He's a British guy. And he talks like that in some of his movies. Um yeah, I mean the casting is very clearly like what they wanted. Um this Daisy woman doesn't really do much for the rest mm-hmm. of her life. Um, but she's good. Uh, she's fun in the movie. Yeah. Um, Dennis Hopper, even though he's like very obviously confused the whole time, he does a pretty good job with what he's got. He's very weird. <laughs> he is very weird. I uh, like when he turns into a T-Rex at the end. Uh-huh. All that stuff is so good. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's fun to get really high. And just be like, what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah. What were you thinking? <laughs> what on earth were you thinking? Uh, There's a whole sequence where uh, they have to get the crystal from this woman who just steals it from them. This big, beautiful black big woman. And they have to go fucking. He, uh, Mario has to motorboat her <laughs> to get the fucking crystal back. And you're like, this is like of all the like. Again, it's going back to the Sub-Zero thing where it's like all these like all these anxieties that exist now about like portraying these properties exactly how they're remembered. And in this, they're just like, fuck it. He gets the Mario suit a half hour from the ending. It doesn't even have an M on the hat. It doesn't (laughs) matter who gives a shit. He motorboats a black lady who (laughs) fucking cares. (laughs) I really think that this movie could have been so cool. Like, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the movie is cool, but it could have been good and fun yeah. and interesting, um, even as just as a straight ahead movie. Uh, if it, this is like where 
studio meddling because studio meddling doesn't happen anymore everything is studio meddling like right everything is what they want there is no like i can't like you can't even think like what would even be i was trying to think of this um while after i watch it i was like what is even an example of like a cool video music video director who just like gets some millions of dollars with like not even not even creative license like even having to struggle against uh the studio Mm -hmm. to get what they want like that just doesn't even happen they don't even let people do that the last thing there's no meddling anymore it's like it it's it's to the point now where like even really good artsy directors who have indie hits still have to still have to you know suck the dick a little bit they still have to you know like Greta Gerwig is an incredible artist, but she's still got to make the fucking Barbie movie. Well, that's the thing. You know? like, the Barbie movie <laughs> feels approved, right? Uh-huh. Like, that we're going to get, like, this sort of cool, you know, she's like a regular filmmaker, though. Like, she's not, like, doing wild music video shit. Like, no, she, no, no, no. But- she's writing, like, family dramas and stuff. And then they're like, okay, and you get to make the Barbie movie, but it feels very, like, on our terms, don't try anything fucking weird. Yeah, don't try anything funny. I- hands where i can see him yeah exactly and the last thing i could even think of is spike jones doing where the wild things are Mm -hmm. and that's like a pretty small property it's you know it's a it's a it's a small book um and they seemed like they wanted an artsy movie and he he gave it to him right (laughs) um but but since then and that was what 15 years ago like it just doesn't happen like this anymore and it's a real shame because you got some really interesting stuff out of it. Um, but I totally agree. Like, it's more fun to be like, what if this wasn't like the games? What if this was like something completely different? Yeah. Um, what What if we made a movie about a song? And it was just like you had to make <laughs> up and fill in a bunch of blank spaces uh, creatively and interestingly. Um, like, what would even, what could you even do this with at this point? I mean, there's a lot of like indie games that are yeah. like, you know, pretty loose with this sort of stuff. Like, I think if they were to make a, um, what's that fucking farming game? Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. If they made a Stardew Valley movie, it could be this sort of a deal where like it wouldn't be as like trippy and fun as this, but like, could be. you know what I mean? Like, there's like, there's minimal enough. Although, yeah, there's the cave shit in Stardew Valley. Um, but it, there's like there's minimal enough connective tissue there like the lore isn't so fully baked that like you have to do everything or else you know right but you it's, could do a katamari damacy movie mm-hmm. that would <laughs> I be just, like, so cool what what the fuck is a katamari damacy movie yeah you why have does, like a and million why the, choices why does the katamari have to do this you know <laughs> what starts this right it's like there's the king and the prince and you got a big ball and everything it's a, is it a disaster movie is it a like what happens you know yeah. i like i i wish there were more movies where it's like what is that even going to be mm-hmm. um and i i this is a throwback to like when it didn't make sense to make a mario movie and uh it doesn't make any sense but it's great i think it's a fun time so i'd recommend it yeah i 100% recommend it Again, lots of caveats. Not good. Not uh, a good movie, no. Not a good movie per se, but it's definitely worth watching just to look at it and sort of like think about it and 
think about all the things that went wrong and what could have gone right and what it could have been because there's tons of meat on this bone, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, cool. Well, that is week three of the video game month by the Dark Council. Next week, we'll be watching probably the most torturous thing we've had to watch for uh, <laughs> for the Dark Council months, uh, Postal, directed yeah. by Uwe Boll. Which I know um, nothing about. I, I didn't even know there was a movie of it. I've heard of the game. I've never played it. Yeah, it, I, I, I have never seen it, uh, but I'm not excited to watch it. It's supposed to be one of the worst movies of all time. I mean, have you seen any Uwe Boll movies? Uh, I don't think so. Like House of the Dead or Alone in the Dark, I think he did. He was just like the guy who was like the worst director of all time making video game movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 has a reputation for being one of the worst filmmakers ever. Um, <laughs> did he do House of the Dead or am I making that up? Yeah, House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark, Blood Rain, In the Name of the King. Uh, he did a movie about called Tunnel Rats. Far Cry. Rampage. Yeah. Uh, b- really bad stuff and I'm not excited to watch this. Oh, wow. Um, he's got a lot of... <laughs> He's, first of all, his filmography is insane. He's got so many movies per year. <laughs> but I mean, yes. amidst all this, hilariously, you've got like Rampage and Far Cry, and then you've got something called Darfur. You've got something called Auschwitz. Good Lord, what are these? <laughs> yeah, well, he, so he's bad at making movies, um, but then he also apparently has one of the worst sense of humors of all time. Mm. He's like a he's like a real edge lord. Um who just like is trying to make stuff offensive and thinks that's what's funny. Just like, this is offensive. This is shocking. So, uh, get ready for that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so that's what we'll be watching next week. Um, I'm not, not excited, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be silly. Um, silly enough to be enjoyable. Um, but yeah, until next time, that's the that's the episode uh if you'd like to hear more of our show you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and you could join the dark council you could join the sopranos tier uh this month we have firefly that we'll be talking about at the end of the month um which also might have to be pushed back because i'll be out of town but we'll see don't worry about it it'll we'll be figure fun. it out we'll figure it out um there's a lot of fun stuff to do on patreon.com slash generation loss like join the discord you can follow us on twitter at gen loss pod you can email us and have your uh questions read on the bonus episodes uh at generation loss pod at gmail since everyone forgets what that is um yeah follow us individually from twitter and uh until next time that's, that's movies. movies in the middle of the night i go walking in my sleep from the mountains of fame to the river so deep i must be looking for something something sacred i love